Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. Today I'm interviewing Brian Moran. He's a fellow IBM futurist and is based over in New York. And we're going to talk around entrepreneurs and business owners, enthusiastic business owners, and he's going to share some amazing tips with you. Brian is the founder of Brian Moran and Associates, CEO of Small Business Edge, and a lifetime advocate and champion for small and medium-sized business owners. A bit like me, actually. I'm, I'm a big fan of small business owners. My dad used to run a small business for, for many years. He actually worked for his dad's company, not far from you, that he was over in, uh, in Long Island. Oh, I grew up in Long Island. Right. I'm not sure exactly exactly what part, but back in those days, it, it, put it this way, yeah, it was. It could be a very safe place, or it could be a very dodgy place, depending <laughs> on who you knew, right? Right. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah, I've got some funny stories, but I'm sworn to not tell anyone. <laughs> like he's like, you tell anyone, you're gonna be in big trouble. He said to me. Right. So I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> But um, but he used to work for his dad's company. They had a flush metal partition walling business there with about hundred hundred people, I suppose. That's a good uh, sized business. Yeah, it was it was a really really good business. And um, yeah, my grandfather he was called Nathan, and uh, he he was he was great. He donated around uh, over a million dollars in his lifetime to charity, which is wow. Good for it. Sounds like a true entrepreneur. He was, a, he was, a, yeah, he really was. He, my, my dad keeps telling me that I remind him of him so much because I'm so super excited about entrepreneurial <laughs> activities and, you know, business growth and all these sorts of things. But like mm-hmm. you and I, we had a little conversation, right, about, you know, you run these workshops to kind of help entrepreneurs and business people to go further in their, in their uh, businesses, right? And right. how you were saying that, People don't. People say they're entrepreneurs, but actually they're not. I'd love to hear a bit more about that, Brian. Sure. So, I, and I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. That I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. So this is a great opportunity. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, for about 28 years. Um, mostly a lot of publishing magazines and newspapers. So I was at Inc. an entrepreneur. Uh, I was an executive director at the Wall Street Journal, and I have my own publishing company. So. You know, the, 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 the idea of helping business owners run and manage their companies is in my DNA. And one thing that I have found over the years, one of the biggest issues facing business owners is they don't know what type of business owner they are. And I, I, in my workshop, I talk about taking a journey. So imagine getting into a car and you have a small business owner next to a passionate business owner next to an entrepreneur. And they all start on the same path to success. What happens is you come to a fork in the road. You come to many forks in the road. And depending on the type of business owner you are will determine what what, uh, route you take. Do I turn right or do I turn left? And so let me tell you what some of these forks look like. Um, hiring new employees, opening new locations, um, taking outside investment money, um, buying a competitor, uh, investing in technology. And so all of these opportunities come up and 
if you are an entrepreneur, you're at one end of the spectrum. And if you're a small business owner, you're at the other end of the spectrum. We, we like to use these words interchangeably. And in, in fact, they're not. They're not even close. So when I do these workshops, I ask, you know, and I might have 50 or 100 people in the workshop, and I'll ask, how many of you are entrepreneurs? Invariably, at least half the hands go up. I say, okay, how many are small business owners? You know, maybe a third of the hands go up. I say, okay, how many don't know what you are? And the remainder will put their hands up. And I said, well, then this is an impressive group because all of the research that I've done and read suggests that there are about 5% of all business owners are entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs. About 80% are true small business owners. And the remaining, let's call 15%, are what I call passionate business owners. <clears throat> so why is this important that you have to know what you are? And, and why does this keep business owners up at night? Because if you're an entrepreneur, you might have five employees and do $100,000, $200,000 or pounds uh, in your business. And that's what you do now. But in five years, you want to triple that or quadruple that. So when you come to these forks in the road, you see every opportunity as an investment in your company. You know, this purchase, this opening a new location, hiring new employees, investing in new technology, that's going to take me to where I want to ultimately go and grow this company. Right. Now, a small business owner will look at all of these purchases as expenses. And they'll say, okay, you know, this is money coming out of my pocket. I don't care about growth the way an entrepreneur does. Do I want to make more money? Sure. Who doesn't? But I enjoy my lifestyle. I enjoy being able to go home on the weekends and not have to worry about my business. And so that's very important because a small business owner will always, almost always go left and say, not interested in buying my competitor, not interested in the technology or new locations. It's the passionate business owner that I worry about. And I bet you, Nat, that a lot of your listeners will fall into this category. Now, passionate business owner is somebody who, let's say a yoga instructor or a, a chef, and they're very good at what they do. And people say to them, you should open your own studio or you should open a restaurant. You're so good, so talented. And so they do. And it's a success. <clears throat> And they say, wow, your restaurant is really, you know, going gangbusters. You should open a second location. <laughs> and they do. Or you should do something else. And, and what they're doing is they're following their passion. And they're not thinking of the long-term implications of making these decisions. So what happens is the chef who had one great restaurant now might have two or three restaurants. And it's killing them. Because... There's not enough time in the day. He's spread too thin and he wishes he could just take it all back and say, you know, I made a mistake. I should never have opened the second or this third restaurant, um, but I've got a lease now. I've got employees. I've invested in it. I've taken outside money. And if they had only done a little advanced thinking and planning about what they wanted long term for their business, they wouldn't have made this mistake. Right. Right. And do you, do you think a lot of that has got to do with kind of them getting stuck working inside the business and not actually looking at it from the outside? Because I know us as consultants, right, 
we 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 have people that help us and we can go in right you and i and we can look at the outside of the business and we can say right okay you're doing this wrong this wrong and this wrong but if you're one of those people you're stuck aren't you within that box that means you you can't see because you're so busy with working day to day right yeah i call that the weeds of your business versus the clouds of your business so most people, when you're talking about being stuck in the weeds of your company, you can only see three to five feet in front of you. <clears throat> so when you wake up in the morning, you're putting out the same fire again and again and again. It could be a, you know, um, a bad employee, a, a bad customer, or a process that just doesn't seem to get itself fixed. And you can't see the root cause of that problem because you are, as you say, in the box. Yeah. And what I, what I often tell my clients to do is you need to be up in the clouds at least once a month. Maybe sometimes it's once a week if, you've having, or if you're having ongoing problems. Now being in the clouds of your business is taking that 20,000 foot view. <clears throat> and it shows you where you are right now. It shows you where you have been and it shows where you could potentially go. And so you look at it, you, so you kind of step away from the business. You have a, a, a Friday morning meeting, but you can't do it alone because you gotta have people who understand your business, who may have a, a, a vested interest in your company. So key employees, partners, your attorney, uh, your financial advisor, maybe even key vendors or customers. You know, people that you trust, that you want, you, you've established a long-term relationship. And you say, okay, here's where we are now. Here's where I would like to be. How do I get there and avoid a lot of the problems? Like, what, what are some of the problems that may come up that I can avoid? And you look at it from 20,000 feet and you look at the market, where it's going. You look at competition. You look at potential partnership opportunities and the way that you're gonna achieve your goals. And that's, that's the clouds of your business. And when you're done doing that, you jump back down, get into the weeds, and it's like you, you have a GPS now right. on where to go and what to do and what opportunities you should seek. That makes a lot of sense, it makes a lot of sense. One of, my, one of my trainers, one of my old, he's an old mentor of mine, we're more associates now, but he, he used to say that a lot, like an eagle eye view over the business, you know, but it's like, the funny thing is, is that people say to you, oh, can you come and help me with my wording or, or can you come and help me with my website or whatever? And what's really interesting is, is that you normally find that that's actually just a tiny part of the problem. And actually you need to get under the bonnet, don't you? And you say to them, well, how are you planning on ro rolling this out? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, um, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't really thought about having affiliates or I haven't really thought about this and I'm not sure how that's going to work and this sort of thing. And it's really quite interesting when you, when you speak to them and you get an understanding, but then you go back around, don't you? And you say, well, so do you really want to grow this business or do you want it to be the lifestyle business? Right. Cause right. that's a big, that's a big thing. I mean, there's this, I've got a book down there. There's a guy who, best-selling something or other in Amazon. I'm not sure what category that was in, but, but, he, <laughs> but he wrote a book on that, right? And it's like, right. so he launched this little group on Facebook <laughs> and he charges people a monthly fee and gives them business advice, right? But 
But at the end of the day, it depends on what you want your life to be like, doesn't it? It's, it's like, do you love what you do? And we were talking about this a bit earlier, you know, and I love what I do. I love writing content. I love putting people together. I love, I love helping explain <coughs> what they do, right? Because right. that's the major problem. People don't know. First of all, they, 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 they think, oh, someone comes to them and they say, oh, do you want to buy a website, right? You need a website. Right. And they think that that's their problem. It's like, oh, yeah, you need a website. It's like, no, I don't need, uh, I, don't, I don't think they need a website. What they need is to get the wording right in order to brief the designer so then they can get the website right. And that's the major issue because then, the, then they go and they hire someone who builds this website for them, yeah? Right. And then, and then, and then the website has, they, then they hire this company. Yeah, yeah, we could do copywriting. No problem. We're going we're gonna to do that for you. No problem. It's like $200 a page, right? Right. And there is no strategic direction in those words. Right, right. Where, where, yeah, that's where you take a, a 10 steps back and you say, you know, every one of the people listening to this uh, show today should ask themselves, where do I want to be on December 31st, 2019? Where do I want my company to be? And it's usually, it has to be specific and it has to be measurable. So typically it's in, it's a, a revenue number for the business. Let's say it's, I want to do a half a million pounds or a million pounds, right? That, that I, my gross revenue for the company. Yeah. And you say, okay, great. That is the end goal, right? Everything you do between from today to December 31st is a means to that end. So your website, your wording, your conferences that you attend, the customers that you have, the proposals that you write, all, everything you do should lead you towards that goal. And when you get good at it and, and you create, it's, it, you create what I call a GPS plan. So you look at your existing customer base. Let's say you wanted to do half a million pounds in 2019 and you did 400,000 pounds in 2018. That's a... <coughs> Excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold. <clears throat> but that, that's about a 25% jump. Okay, pretty healthy increase. The first thing I'm going to say to you is, how much of your business will turn over next year? Meaning, how much will you lose? Say, um, probably, let's call it 15%. Okay, so from 400,000, 60,000 60, pounds. So now you're at uh, 340,000 pounds. So that's, you say, okay, that's my base, right? That's the, the stuff that I'm going to renew. Now I need to find another 160,000. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. That can't just be a number that you pull out of thin air and say, boy, that'd be a great number to hit. Let's go. Everybody hop in the car. We're going on a road trip. <laughs> no, no. You're going to have to show me where that 160,000 is coming from. And I want specific accounts. And then we're going to start looking at the entire year month by month. What conferences are you going to go to? When is this new business going to come in? What's your social media planning look like? You know, everything, everything that you do, there are milestones. And we put together this whole GPS plan. So just as you, Nat, if, if I told you to come to where I live, you've never been here, right? And so you're in New York City. So don't come out to my house. No idea. But you can plug my address into your phone 
and it will tell you exactly how to get here, how much time it will take, how many miles away it is. Even it'll tell you how to get gas if you need it along the way. Yeah. Imagine having that for your business. Imagine having a GPS plan that tells you month by month where your business should be. And it, it tells you what are the important topics you should be covering and proposals and when your business should be coming in. And you look at it every single month and you say, okay, I'm hitting my numbers in January. Everything's going according to plan. Mm -hmm. February, I'm down. I thought I was going to be here and I'm about 10% short. Yeah. Okay, what happened? If, if, you lost, if you lost the key account, we're going to have to replace it. If that new piece of business didn't come in, we got to find another uh, prospect in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. it's, it's called accountability. Right. And it's what most small business owners and even entrepreneurs don't do because it's painful. Yeah. It's painful to look in the mirror and say, oh, my God, I've got to figure out an answer to this. You know what? I'm better off just sticking my head in the sand and, yeah. and letting this blow over. Yeah. So that that's how that's the difference between success and failure. Right. But for for the people that are sort of starting, right, they're just they're just starting out in a in a in a in a potential market with a with a product. Right. They need to come up with, you know, the the pricing, the promotion, the product, you know, right. Because like I listen to a lot of Jay Abraham. I don't know if you like you like him or not. Like some people yeah. find him a bit much, but I really like his style. Yeah, and I love some of his ideas for small business. He's just got some really great little nuggets. Yeah, and yeah. yeah the, the one of them, one of them, I just think is phenomenal. So imagine you've got like a really high profile, really expensive personal training business. What you right. do is you go you go to the printer. And you find a local beauty salon that's really expensive, yeah? And you go in there and you say to them, you, you take a, a golden ticket in there with you and you basically say to them, right, I have had this printed for you. I want you to give 15 of these away to your top 10 customers, top 15 uh -huh. customers, yeah? Right. This voucher will will enable your best customers yeah this golden ticket it'll enable them to have i don't know three months worth of personal training for free because you've worked out that if you get 10 people or 15 people you know you're going to keep five at the end of that three month period right right and that's what that's one of the things that he that he basically recommends for for small business and i think it's a brilliant idea i, I just love that idea yeah because it's like the beauty salon is giving away something that has massive value so so their customers love it right the 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 people that get the personal training they're going to love it it's it's like it's like low you're giving away a fortune there that's why it's a nice golden ticket it's well printed and you know so right. i love his idea anyway but what he says is there are only three reasons that people don't buy this is what he said i want to hear what you think so the product isn't right okay the pricing isn't right or the timing isn't right i agree with all of that yeah, I mean, but is that the only? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, timing is a very broad, you know, uh, area. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, 
when you're dealing with customers, it's, um, you know, there's a great, there's a great, I think it was Aesop's fable. They talk about the lion in the jungle and he has a thorn in his paw and he's in so much pain. And he's asking all the other animals if they would pull it out and nobody would do it because they said, if I pull it out, you'll eat me. Yeah. And I, I think it was a mouse. I got, I got, I got to find it out. Was, it was a mouse that pulled it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he pulled yeah. it out and the lion became his best friend. And he goes, whatever you want, you know, like you and I are best buddies. And so when you're, when you, when you are trying to sell something to somebody, yeah. You have to understand what their pain points are first, depending on the type of product you're selling. I mean, if you're selling coffee, that's like an everyday thing, you know, but if you're selling a solution, if you're a B2B company and you're selling a solution to your customers, that's going to help them run better businesses or, you know, make them, you know, like a personal trainer that's going to help them personally. There are obstacles that are in the way of your success and yeah. it's understanding those obstacles. So th- you have to think about that. You have to think about if, if this customer says no right now, ask them why they're saying no. And, and you have to, you know, sometimes they'll be honest with you. Sometimes they won't, yeah. you know, they, sometimes they're embarrassed to say I have a thorn in my paw, you know, cause they're trying to figure out how to get it out themselves. They could have cash flow issues. Mm-hmm. They could have, um, you know, different priorities, but until you get to the bottom of it, until you've won their trust and you can have conversations with them where you really understand what's in front of between you and success. And sometimes you don't have the product or the answer for them, but at least you understand why they're saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I tell my clients all the time, you know, understand what your client's biggest pain points are. And even if it's outside your bandwidth, mm-hmm. you know, you say, look, I can't help you with this, but here's somebody who can. I've done that thousands of times, yeah. right? You got legal issues. Here's one of the best lawyers I know. You got financial issues, you, you know, buy this book, you know, and it'll, it'll help you you know, understand how to, how to bet, run a better company from a financial perspective. And then, you know, come back to me and we can talk. The yeah. point is I'm showing, you know, I'm going above and beyond just trying to sell them something. I'm trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the trusted advisor thing, isn't it? But, but it's, it's without having this tension because no one likes, you know, when you like, when you're learning how to sell stuff, right. A lot of the time, when you're in the early days of trying to sell things, you get a pain in your chest. It's like a, there's a there's an impatience, isn't there? Like all salespeople get it, and it's and it's because they don't ask questions. They don't want to find out what the problem is. They just they just want to sell on benefits, and they don't even know what that person wants. They don't know anything about them, and they have no idea right what their problems are. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to say, you know, you're what you're, you know, what your prospects are saying. Okay. It's great. You want all these awards. You want all these sales awards. You want all these product awards. Okay. Great. What does that mean for me? You know, you're a real estate agent. You sold $10 million worth of houses last year. Great. Can you sell my house? You know, um, Theodore Levitt was a Harvard marketing professor and he said, nobody, and I'm going to paraphrase it. 
Nobody ever walked into a hardware store looking for a quarter inch drill. What they want is a quarter inch hole. So I hope your listeners, you know, pay attention to that. Don't just create a product or a service and push it out into the marketplace and expect everybody to drop everything they're doing and saying, oh my God, the answer to all my problems has arrived. I'm good. Thank you so much for this. No, establish relationships, build trust, you know, show them that you understand, you know, their business and deliver the right message to the right audience at the right time. So again, if you're targeting the small and medium business market and you want to reach entrepreneurs, their message, the message to them is my product or service can help you grow your company and take it to the next level. Yeah. If you want to target the small business owner, you say, <clears throat> my product or service is a cost-effective solution that you're going to need in your company. So it's, it's the carrot and it's the stick. The entrepreneur wants to hear the carrot. Oh, you mean if I get this, I'll win? I'll grow my company? Great. The small business owner, <clears throat> if, I don't get, if I don't address this issue, there's a good chance I could be out of business, right? That the technology that I need to buy right now for my company, I, it's going to help me just keep up with the competition. Yeah. So this is a cost-effective solution that will allow you to do that. Yeah. So, so what about the enthusiastic business owners? The passionate business owner. Yeah. You know, and that's a great question. And you know, there are there are three types of people that wake up in the morning. There's reactive. <laughs> excuse me, and I apologize in advance for what's often. I'm sorry you're not well. No, it's okay. I, I you know what? I, I didn't want to miss your show. So I'm I, that's I really I'm, I'm appreciate with you, it. Really appreciate you fitting in. Yeah. Um but there are three types of, of people that wake up in the morning. Reactive, proactive, predictive. The react, and by the way, it, it's, a, you know, the, the ratio, about 80, 85% of people in the world <clears throat> are reactive. So think about it. You wake up in the morning, you pick up your, your phone before your feet even hit the floor. Oh, crap. I got this problem, that problem, that problem, that problem. Yeah. And they spend the majority of their time in a fireman's outfit putting out fires. And the thing is, they're putting out the same fires today that they put out yesterday yeah. because they spend all of their time in the weeds of their business and it's very reactive and they don't get to the root cause of the problem. When they come to a fork in the road, a lot of times reactive people will make a decision and they'll go down that path. And then in about three months, they're going to have to back up because they made a mistake. You know what? I should never have hired these people. Right. I should never have opened that location. I should never have invested in this technology. It was a mistake. And so it's a very expensive lesson sometimes because they, they were reacting instead of being proactive. Now, the proactive people, when they wake up in the morning, they know what their, their goals are for the day. And come hell or high water, they're going to get those goals accomplished. They know there are going to be obstacles along the way. But they say, we're still, you know, my focus, I will not lose focus on achieving these goals. <clears throat> and they anticipate the uh, forks in the road. 
and they know in advance if I come to this fork in the road today, here's what I'm going to do. Yep. And they have their GPS plan and they're focused and they become proactive and they make a lot less mistakes because they see the obstacles. They've taken that 20,000 foot view of their company. Great. Predictive. That's rarefied air. That's less than 1% of the population. Wow. Predictive people. They know where their company is going to be today, tomorrow, next week, next month. They know where their company is going to be five years from now. They see it. And they never take their foot off the pedal. They are flying. They know so far in advance where these forts in the road are. And they've got everything lined up. They've got their financing lined up. They've got their, you know, they they, they blow through obstacles. Right. And, and. You, what I would tell people is that I'm going to guess that the majority of them are reactive, shoot to be proactive. Don't worry about predictive. You know, predictive is almost, you're almost born with that. Yeah. You know, that, that's sort. you know, when you see like some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, they were born with a predictive mindset. So focus on taking your reactive mindset and becoming proactive. Wow. Well, thank you, Brian. That's, that's been fantastic. I'd like to expand on this in another episode. I think that would be really, really good. That would be great. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.